The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning! I am Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Uh, Welcome to uh, the first Sunday in our new building. Happy Easter. Wow, 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 wow. By the way, the spiff factor in here has been raised to a new level. Everybody looks so beautiful and full of pastel colors. It's nice for me to look out and see all the pretty people today. You look beautiful. We're glad that you're here. So do you like the new place? Do you like this? Yeah. Um, Ryan didn't know, you know, gym, sanctuary, auditorium. We're calling it a worship gymatorium. Okay. So, uh, It'll roll right off your tongue if you practice that. Man, there are so many, so, so many people uh, to thank today. So many people had a hand in what you see. And man, I got such a huge stage now. This is like, I feel like I got this big new place to roam around. So you can roam around. But by the way, the band doesn't want you up here. So stay off the stage. And uh, we have a really nice sound booth back there. Don't go in the sound booth, okay? Um, But... So many people um, had a hand in uh, this uh, process, and there's a lot of people to thank, really too many people to, to mention by name, um, but I want to say something about those of you who two and a half years ago decided to go all in and uh, commit to give sacrificially above and beyond your regular giving. And we said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a small gift or a large gift, every gift counts, every gift matters. And because, uh, because you stepped out in faith and went all in, uh, we are here today. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then so many other volunteers just did so much, you know, cleaning and work and I mean, just everything. We've got so many great contractors, so many people even from within our church, and so many people had a hand. In fact, please, even if you don't have kids, do me a favor. After the service today, uh, make sure at some point uh, you go and check out the, uh, the South Wing over there, the South Wing. Um, and uh, that's the, uh, our old uh, you know, auditorium. And now it's basically just offices and children's ministry, coastal kids. It's all called Coastal Kids. And wow, if I was like a first through fifth grader, the old auditorium, you've got to go check it out. I would want to be there. It is awesome. Everything looks awesome. And that's, by the way, your, was your Christmas offering. That enabled us to not only dig a well in Haiti, not only provide for people here in our own community, but enabled us to transform our children's uh, ministry for, uh, for this special day. So thank you so much for that. And then I just couldn't... Uh, uh, it wouldn't be right for me not to thank two men in particular who gave their uh, blood, sweat, and even a few tears throughout the project, uh, Ricky Spell and Eddie Evans. I don't know, are they in this service? I know they were in the first service. Are they here today? Are they, I don't know if they're even in here. Uh, legally, they are required by the city to be here for all three services today, so no, I'm just teasing. So they're probably outside, I don't know, but make sure, oh, uh, there they are, over there somewhere, somebody's pointing. Oh, there's Eddie right there, and they, hey, Mr. Evans, good to have you today. Your son did good. He did good. Um, so make sure you say, they would not want me to say this or do this, but uh, make sure you thank them, and they, they really, uh, uh, they worked hard, and uh, we appreciate it. So, but hey, guess what? Not only is today uh, Easter Sunday, of course, we always celebrate uh, the resurrection here at Coastal. It's always a big day. Uh, Easter today, obviously, is a, is a huge day. But not only is today Easter Sunday, you ready for this? Today is also our church's 26th anniversary. 
our 26th anniversary. So right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. So uh, to all of our single adults here today, you're welcome. Uh, because not only did you get to talk to that, uh, that girl or that guy just now, but you got to pretend you're in a serious relationship with them. So, uh, so you're welcome. But, uh, let me, let me really begin today just by setting the minds, uh, of our guests at ease. If you are here today under duress, okay, if you're here because you lost a bet, if you're here because somebody, somebody lied to you and said, let's go out to breakfast and they brought you here, um, if you've finally decided to give in and uh, get your friend off your back and come to church with them, if you're not even sure about the whole God, Jesus, Bible, resurrection thing, let me, let me tell you something right here, right now. You're at the right church. You're welcome here. You are welcome here. Uh, this is your church. This is your day. This is a safe place to figure things out. Let me tell you something else. Your questions are welcome here. Your doubts are even welcome here. You are welcome. Now, don't be fooled or misled, though. Not at all. You are not here by accident. You are not here simply because you Googled us online and found us. Uh, You're not here because you got a ginormous mailing, a big card in the mail. You're not here because you saw a yard sign or because you saw a billboard. You're not simply here because a friend invited you. You're not simply here because you heard we got rockin' music and great coffee, or because you heard we got hot chicks and hunky guys here. (laughs) Although God can use all those tools, including hot chicks and hunky guys. In fact, we have a whole dating evangelism team here. No, I'm just joking, we don't have that, just fine. (laughs) So like, man, sign me up, this is great. No, 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 no. But. Make no mistake about it. You are here today because God is reaching out to you. In fact, here's the simple message of Easter. God loves you. And he wants a personal relationship with you. Listen to me, I know this is the deep south, I know this is the holy city, but God doesn't care about religion. And that's not what it's about. Regardless of your past, Regardless of where you've been or what you've done, regardless of what's happening right now in your home and your family, God loves you and he wants you to come home. He wants to have a personal loving relationship with you. That is why we celebrated Easter. That's what Easter is all about. It's all about God, our loving father, going to these unbelievable links to reach out to us so that you might reach back out to him and come home. Listen, the loving father sent his one and only son Jesus to this earth to be born of a virgin, to be hunted down like a dog, to hide like a refugee, to live a perfect life, to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to set the captives free to be abandoned by his closest friends at his time of greatest need, to take a beating, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, to carry his own cross, to have a crown of thorns jammed down onto his head, and to have spikes driven in his hands and in his feet, 
to have a sword plunged into his side, to be suspended between heaven and earth and die a criminal's death, to be laid dead in a tomb. So that three days later, on Easter Sunday morning, he would rise from the dead, kick Satan in the teeth, conquer the grave, just like he said, and start a revolution. And you and I are part of that. And he did all of that, listen to me, all of that and more so that you would come home. That's how much you matter to him. That is the entire message of the Bible. It's all about God reaching out to you so that you would reach back out to him. In fact, listen to me, the entire life of Jesus was about reaching out to people who felt like they were lost. It was about loving people who felt like they were far, far, far away from God so that they would come home. And then get this, once they come home, they gather together in, in little groups called the church. And once you and I have been found, the purpose of those churches, the purpose of our church, is then to reach out to people, to love people, to serve people, so that maybe, just maybe, you might find your way home. That, my friends, is what the church is all about. That's what Coastal Community Church is all about. That's what we've been doing for 26 years, and that's what we're going to continue to do for the next 26 years and more. And that's what Easter is all about. That, by the way, is what the heart of God is all about. And that's what I want you to see today. That's what I want you to hear, feel, and experience today, the heart of God. Now, to do that, today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that we've looked at many times here at Coastal. Uh, in fact, it's one of my all-time favorite chapters in the entire Bible. In fact, it's really kind of a, a core uh, chapter, a core book here for Coastal Community Church. It's Luke chapter 15. Now, I want to set the stage for you for what's going on in the life of Jesus at this point. Jesus basically is just being Jesus, okay? He is simply doing what he does best, doing, in fact, what he came to do, okay? He is hanging out with people who felt like they were outsiders, the outcast of his day, people who felt far, far away from God, sinners people that didn't felt like they had a place. And what was he doing? You know what he was doing? He's loving them, serving them, teaching them, even eating with them, partying with them, hanging out with them. Now, the problem with all of that, though, is that it ticked off the religious leaders of the day, a bunch of hypocrites, okay? And they were, they were mad. They were upset with Jesus that here's a guy who called himself the son of God. His popularity is rising. He's performing miracles. People are flocking to them. And they're mad that, that all this is happening, that this man, Jesus, would, would do such a thing, that he would be with people like that, people that they considered beneath them, okay? So it's as, it's as though all of a sudden Jesus knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were talking about. And basically, Jesus, the Son of God, had it up to here. And basically, he said, okay, enough. Enough. I'm sick of it. And so for the first and only time in his entire ministry, Jesus tells these three stories in rapid-fire succession, back to back to back, to once and for all clear up all the confusion as to why he came and to explain the heart of God. The first story goes like this. 
If you had 100 sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others and search for the lost one until you found it? And then you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. And when you arrived, you'd call together all of your friends and your neighbors to rejoice with you because your lost sheep was what? Was found. In the same way, now listen to this, Coastal, listen to this. In the same way, all of heaven will be happier over one, one lost sinner who returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Story number two goes like this. Or suppose a woman has 10 valuable silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and look in every corner of the house, sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, she'll call in all of her friends, all of her neighbors to rejoice with her because her lost coin has been found. In the same way, you ready for this? Listen, in the same way, this is Jesus talking. There is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. What's that, what, is, what is he saying? He's saying all of heaven parties. All of heaven throws a celebration when one person comes home. And then story number three, verse 11 says this. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. Now, what Jesus is about to say basically is probably one of the most famous stories in the entire Bible. Okay, Even if you've never darkened the door of a church, even if you've always said, if I show up in the church, the walls will come crumbling down. By the way, they didn't today, so that's good, right? You're here and nothing bad happened. But anyway, um, but even if you've never been to church, you probably have heard this story. We know it today is the story of the what? The prodigal son, okay? So follow along as I read. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now instead of waiting until you die. Now that's a strong statement. I mean, that was something, by the way, that never, never happened back then against protocol completely. I mean, nowadays, you know, moms and dads, you can do whatever you want with your money, you know, uh, before you die, however you want to do it, whatever you want to do. By the way, leave it to Coastal. Anyway, you can do whatever you want to do, whenever, but you really, you could do, you could do it whenever you want to do it, right? I mean, you can't. A lot of people set up little funds and things beforehand. They try to, you know, mess around with the tax man a little bit. Whatever. I mean, it's, but that's normal today. Back then, this was not normal. The, the son basically was saying, I want to treat you, dad, as if you're dead now. And so this son uh, rebels. He chooses to leave the father, to leave home, and to go his own way. Let's continue. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between the two sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings, in other words, all of his stuff and all of his inheritance, everything that the dad had given him. So basically, he's putting the family in jeopardy, okay? Packs it all up, and he takes a trip to a distant land, and there he wasted all this money, I like this phrase, on what? Wild living, wild living. So, in his great love, the father allows the son to leave home. Now, and, and if you're a mom or a dad, you know this. You feel this in your heart. Like any parent, right, the father, he doesn't want his son to love him because he makes him love him. 
right? You don't want, you don't want your kids to love you because you force them to, right? You want them to love, love you because they what? They want to, they choose to. And that's what this dad wanted, but he allowed him to go. So the younger son chooses to leave home, turn his back on his father, turn his back on his family, and the Bible says he goes to a distant land. Now, before we go on to the story, on in the story, let me ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud. Don't raise your hand, but I want to ask you something. Any of you here today feel like you're in a distant land and you want to come home? Today, might be your day. You know, the story of the prodigal son really is an illustration of our need to come home. And as we look at this story and talk about this story today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your mind to the possibility that you might find yourself in this story. Would you open your mind to the possibility that you might be the prodigal son. You might be a prodigal daughter who needs to come home to a loving father. Would you just consider the possibility for a few moments that our God loves you and he wants you to come home? He wants to have a relationship with you. In fact, He wants you to walk out of here today, listen to me, with a clean conscience. He wants you to walk out of here forgiven. He wants you to walk out of here fully welcome into the family. Even though, at some point, you might have turned your back on him and walked away. Would you consider, as Ryan said earlier, that there is a better life. There is more to life that's available to you today if you'd come home. You see, that's the power of Jesus. That's what Easter is all about. We can come home. And so with the time that reminds, I wanna talk about how we do that today and look at this story. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The first step to coming home is just admitting that you need God. Just admitting that you need to come home. Now, when we first left the prodigal son, he was basically heading off to Las Vegas, okay? Because we all know what happens in Vegas, you bunch of sinners, goodness. (laughs) Raise your hand if you've been to Las Vegas. Go ahead, admit it. Okay, now I'm raising my hand because you know what? Pastor Chris, I went to Las Vegas this year for the very first time. And uh, I stayed at a hotel casino and I walked the strip and I took all the little flyers from everybody. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't do that. I was told... Keep your head down. Keep your eyes forward. Don't, don't take the little flyers. I did not take the little flyers. Anyway, um, the Bible says, and some of you, by the way, you've, you've, as we talk about this story, you're going, man, been there, done that. The Bible says he began to, to spend more and more of his, of his money, more and more of his father's money, his inheritance. Well, eventually, obviously, you know what happened. He ran out of money. And then as fate would have it, something terrible happened. A famine set into the land. And the Bible says this kid, this guy, he begins to starve. And then all those friends that were there with him when there were 
free drinks and they were partying and having a good time and they were all his best buddies. Guess what? Now he's on hard times. Where are his friends? They're gone. They're nowhere to be found. You know this, right? And so he looks around and he basically sees a help wanted sign on a local hog farm, a hog farm. And uh, he gets a job feeding pigs. Now, I don't know if anybody here has ever fed pigs before, but my impression is it's not a very glamorous job. And uh, so the Bible literally says this. The boy became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs began to look good to him. That, my friends, is hungry, okay? He begins to think, this is the slop that the pigs are eating and it looks good to me. You know, they're, they're eating better than I am. And so we pick up the story in verse 17. It says, when he finally what? What's the phrase? When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired men have enough food to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. So he wakes up. He has a wake up call. He comes to his senses. He, he, he basically says, you know what? This is crazy. The guys who work for my dad, they got it better than I do. You know, I left the very, very best and I settled. So here he is in this pigsty. I mean, you got to picture all this in your mind. I mean, he's feeding slop to the pigs and he has this awakening. Now, the pigsty in the story basically represents the lie that this world has to offer. You see, when we first turn our back on God and we go our own way and we pursue something else, now at first, let's be honest, it seems exciting. It seems fulfilling. And I'm sure that's the way it was for the prodigal son at first. Man, he enjoyed the lifestyle. Man, he's got money in his pockets to burn. He's popular. But it did not last. Been there, done that, right? And when he finally came to his senses, he finds himself in a real pigsty. And he began to, began to think about home. And he began to think about what he had lost by leaving his dad. You see, that's the first step. Just, just to admit that you need to. Just to admit that you need God. Just to admit that you have gone your own way. To realize, you know, listen to me, that's what sin is. Sin is just recognizing that we've turned our back on God. We, we've gone our own way. He had a life for us and we chose another life. And by the way, the standard, you know, for, for judgment, the standard is not, it's not me, it's not you, it's not Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or the Pope. It's God. And if the holiness and the perfection of God is the standard, guess who in this room falls short? We all do. And so that's what, what happens. So the truth is, we've all done that. Right? There's nobody here in this room that's better than anybody else or worse than anybody else. And my guess is when you're all alone and it's just you and your thoughts, you know that. And my guess is one of the reasons you might be here today is that you want to do something about it. I bet some of you are here today because you want to come home. And you're wondering if you can and how to do it. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Long before you got that mailer, long before you looked us up, long before a friend invited you and you made the decision to come here, our God took the first step toward you. 
You see, over 2,000 years ago, God took the ultimate step of sending his son Jesus to the earth to live and die on a cross and to be raised from the dead so that he could show you and me and everyone, listen to me, I've done all that's necessary for you to come home. And when you wake up to that fact that you need God and that you realize that he's already done everything necessary for you to come home, the first step is just to admit it. But admitting it is not enough. Step number two, you've got to ask for forgiveness. I mean, that's loud and clear here in this story. In our story here, you know, the father doesn't force the son to stay at home, even though the dad knows leaving home, going your own way, is a bad idea. And then even when the son gets into trouble in a foreign land and wastes everything, the father doesn't chase after him and bring him tail, you know, head tucked between his legs all the way back home. That doesn't happen. The decision to return home is the son's decision to make. The dad can't make it for him. You see, God loves you too much to take away your freedom. You have the freedom to choose to walk away from God, but you also have the freedom to come home. Now, back to the story. The prodigal son, again, he's eating with the pigs when we last left him, and he makes this decision. He says, I'm gonna go home to my father and say, Dad, Father, I have sinned, here it is, I have sinned against heaven and you, and I am no longer even worthy to be called your son. Just take me on now as a hired hand. Again, one of your workers. So he returned home to his father. So the son has this wake up, this wake up call. He, he finally says in his mind, man, this is crazy. What am I doing? This is so stupid for me to live this way in misery when I know that life with my father is so much better. I'm gonna go home. And so, notice what the first step is. The first step is just to admit that he sinned, to go to his father and say, Dad, I was wrong. And the son realizes that he can come home, but before, he's got to make it right with his dad. He's got to say, it was wrong for me to leave in the first place. And he asks for forgiveness. You see, in this story and in your life, in my life, our home is with God. In fact, we were created, you were created to have a personal relationship with God. And just like the son chose to turn his back on dad and leave home, everybody in this room did the same thing. We all turned our backs on God. We all went our own way. And God says, you know, hey, this is my best for you. I have this abundant full life for you. This is my will for your life. And then we say, no way, God. I'm going to go my own way. I know better how I should live my life than you. And I'm going to live my life this way. The Bible simply calls that sin. That's all it is. And it separates us from God. And so the only solution is for us to decide to come home and to say just like the son did, Dad, I have sinned, I've blown it. Maybe you feel lost today because at some point you did exactly that. Listen, all you have to do today is to admit it and then ask for forgiveness. Now, one of our problems with that, though, and some of you might be right where I'm, what I'm getting ready to say, is that you think, you think the journey back home is too far. You think you've, you've been away for too long. You think the journey back to God is a long, difficult, hard road. Now, here's the truth. Because if you think that, you have believed a lie. 
Here's the truth. The journey back to God. You ready for this? It's one step. It's one step. I mean, some of you, you have, you have belief, you think, well, you know, I gotta, I gotta be perfect. You know, he's a perfect holy God, so I gotta be perfect. You don't have to be perfect to, to come to God. You have to believe in the only one who was perfect. You don't, you don't have to get, you know, all your stuff taken care of. You don't gotta get rid, you know, this is what you think. Man, I gotta clean up my act before I can go home. I, you, some of you think you gotta clean up your act before you come to church. That's wrong. You have believed a lie. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get rid of all your, your addictions, all your problems, all your mess. All you got to do is take one step back home and to ask God for forgiveness. And if you would take that one step home, the Bible says, you ready for this? God will cover up the rest of the distance. He'll, he'll make up for the rest. You see, listen to this. This is so awesome. Christianity, because this is what some of you think. Christianity is not, it's not about you overcoming your sin so that you can be with God. That's not Christianity. Now, that's religion, but that's not Christianity. Christianity is about our great and loving Heavenly Father overcoming your sin so that you could come home to God. The story of Easter is that God is reaching out to you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far it is you think you've traveled from God, God is still reaching out to you. It's never too late to come home. It's never too far. God never, ever, ever stops reaching out to you. No, no pit is too deep that God's love for you isn't deeper. You just got to take one step. Remember, God's already taken the biggest step towards you. That's what Jesus is all about. That's the the power of the resurrection. That's what we celebrate. All you have to do is believe. John 3, 16, right? You've heard this verse before. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only son. That everyone, so that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Now, Who's the him there? Everyone who believes in him. That's step number three. Jesus is the him. Accept God's forgiveness through Christ. Jesus is that path. Jesus made up the gap. When we receive God's forgiveness through Christ, God treats us like his children. Now, let's go back to the story of the prodigal son. The son returns home. And the Bible says this in verse 20. And while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Man, I love that. You know what that means? That means that the father was waiting. The father was staying up late at night. Parents, been there, done that, right? Stayed up, waited, waiting for your children to come home. Some of you are still waiting. But let me tell you, if you're in a distant land today, our God is is staying up for you. He's been watching. He's looking. It says his father saw him coming. Now let's listen to this. Describing the father. Filled with what? Love and compassion. Now this is crazy. What does it say? He ran to his son. He ran to his son and he gave him a big lecture and scolded him and condemned him. Now if you're a part of Coastal, you know I do that periodically. Make sure you're paying attention and listening. Um, It doesn't say that, does it? It says he ran to his son. By the way, a Middle Eastern dad 2,000 years ago would never do that. Men, 
especially fathers, especially patriarchs of the family, they would never be caught running out in public. That did not happen. Okay? I mean, the people listening to this were like, whoa, what's going on here? He ran? What? And then he embraced him and kissed him. Listen, when you make the decision to come home, you got to know this in your mind today. God is not mad at you. Like the father in, in the story, God is waiting for you. He will run to you and he will embrace you and welcome you home. And you're sitting here and you're going, yeah, but Pastor Chris, man, I turned my back on God. Well, that might be true, but he's not mad at you. Yeah, but you know, I said some things that were bad. I, 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 I even cursed God. That might be true, but you ready for this? God's still not mad at you. God is the loving father who is looking, waiting, waiting for you to come home. And then when you finally take that one step, he makes up the distance. He runs to you. He welcomes you with a loving embrace and he welcomes you home. If you take that one step, Easter reminds us that God's not mad. He wants to forgive you. And he wants you to come home. Now, notice what the father did. This is so cool because he did more than just say it, right? He he put his words into action. Verses 22 through 24. The father said to the servants, hey, quick, hurry up. Go bring the finest clothes, the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the fatted calf, kill the calf that we've been fattening in the pen because we've got to celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine that was dead has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's been what? He is found. So the party began. Now this is so important. You got to hear this before we finish. First of all, the father gives the son the best clothes available, finds the finest robe. And that was a symbol of honor and love. And then, I love this, he killed the fattest calf for a feast. In the deep south, we call that, they had a barbecue, okay? They slathered that sucker up with barbecue sauce and, and I've been on a diet. That sounds so good to me today, right now. Anybody invite Pastor Chris's family over a barbecue after church? I'm, I'm coming. Um, hey, by the way, our Bod for God group, you ready for this? We've lost 233 pounds. Pretty good. But barbecue is okay. Everything in moderation, right? Anyway, but this is a sign that something important is going on. I mean, they would never do that, but this is the biggest celebration possible. And then he gives them shoes. Now, that doesn't say a whole lot to us in our culture because everybody's got shoes. Some of the band might not wear shoes, but everybody in that culture, you know, wears shoes. But uh, if you didn't wear shoes, you were either a servant or a slave. And the dad was saying, you don't come home as one of my workers. You're my child. You're my son. And then get this, he gives him a ring. Now the ring, the family ring, was a symbol of the, of the heritage between the father and his children. You know what he was saying? He was saying, hey, listen, you might have blown it all, but you're still my child. The, the, the heritage has not been broken. Even though he left, you know, he left the best life for something less. The father said, 
You have all the benefits of being my child. You're restored fully. It's as though you never left. And it's amazing, but listen to me. You gotta hear this today on Easter Sunday, 2016. That, my friends, is how God treats us. God says, if you'll just admit it and ask for and accept forgiveness through Christ, he gives us all of the benefits, all of the blessings of being his son, his daughter. It's as though we never left. Jesus says, that's the heart of a father. That's what he was trying to tell all those religious people of his day. Listen, people matter to me. Lost people, people who feel like they're far, far away from God. They need to know that they can come home, whoever they are, whoever you are. Whatever you think you've done, however bad it might seem to you, if you would just turn around and take one step, the Father's been waiting, watching. He will run to you and embrace you and welcome you home. No matter how far away you've been, no matter what distant country you've been a part of, Friends, listen to me. Right now, today, it's time to come home. So I want to ask you, are you ready? It's not a difficult journey. It's not a long way back. One step. One decision. And then, you know what the cool thing is? Man, that's what we're here for. We're here not to judge, but to welcome, embrace, encourage, support, and help you and all of us together on our journey back to God. And then to reach out and to love and to serve the world around us. That's what Jesus was saying on that day, and that's what he's saying today. Come home. You can do that now, you can do it in a prayer. And I want to lead you in that right now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for all of the miracles associated with this day. I also want to thank you for this new chapter in the life of our church. Father, I thank you for all of it. All the chapters previous, all the, all the lives, all the people, all the stories. And Father, we just want to continue being the church that you've called us to be. We want to continue doing the things that Jesus did. He said that we're important to do whatever it takes to go on an all-out search to find the one, to find the one and point them to Jesus and remind them that they can come home. Listen, here and now, no matter how long it's been, no matter how far away you've gone, you can come home. One step. In your heart right now, just admit it. However you do that between you and God, admit it. Tell him, God, I want to come home. I've, I've been wrong. I've done wrong. I admit it. And then just ask him for forgiveness. Say, Father, I've, I've blown it and I want your forgiveness. Tell him you believe. As much as you know how, as much as you might understand right now, you might still have questions. You might even still have doubts. But tell him you believe that Jesus really is his son. 
your son, Father, and that you sent him to make up that distance, to bridge that gap between you, a holy God, and me, a sinner. And I put all my faith, all my trust in him. And when you do that, welcome home. All of heaven right now, listen to me, the Bible says it, Jesus said it three times, all of heaven is partying right now over you. The angels are celebrating. Everyone is rejoicing because you came home. Father, thank you. Thank you that we get to do what you allow us to do. Help us to be the church you've called us to be. Help us to never stop, never give up, to keep loving and serving and reaching out to this world and pointing people to your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.